Hey guys, Trent Copeland here. Yeah, that tall guy that plays a bit of cricket. You're listening to Moving the Chain. Yo, what's up guys? It's Chad Townsend from Talk of the Town. Hey sports fans, Nick Davis here. I'm listening to Moving the Chain. Yeah, welcome to Moving the Chains, episode 10. Uh, of course, Jamie Sauer back in the host seat again this week. The boys are all fired up and ready to go. Nick Davis is waving the towel, so yeah. now he's had his Red Bull and coffee, which is great because usually uh, we don't get it out of him. But uh, on tonight's show, thanks to our friends at topsport.com.au, uh, we talk about Dak, Pros- uh, Dak Prescott, sorry, beg your pardon, uh, and his new signing, the Cowboys deal. Uh, the franchise tag. We talk about the ESPN AFC All Deco players. We have a bit of a laugh at Dickie's expense there. Market King. Well, what a tosser. He's saying that he could dominate. <laughs> and of course, uh, we've got your Twitter questions and fantasy questions as well. And we've uh, been picking MVPs. We've been picking the winner of the divisions. We will pick our MVP uh, for the Defensive Player of the Year. So who that is going to be. And, of course, all those odds, thanks to topsport.com.au. Chad Townsend, uh, you're back off a win, mate. You've bounced into the podcast. Uh, <laughs> everything's going well for you at the moment. I'm bouncing in every week, Sally. I love this time of the week. It's um, time for me to talk NFL. Uh, but, yes, uh, you know, happy, always, always happy after a win. It makes, you know, the week, um, you know, a lot better. It certainly does. And Dickie, uh, that Red Bull's been working, mate. We've been getting plenty of people come, come in and say, geez, your involvement's been good the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, I've been up and about. What did you say? 78 days until the NFL season kicks off. Uh, things are looking good. I'm up and about. I'm going good. Yeah, so we both use Google today. 78 days for all you desperates out there. Like I just listen to you. That are waiting to play. Um, that, are waiting, that are waiting to play NFL fantasy. And, of course, uh, the NFL fantasy guru. And it's super coach guru, Trent Copeland. Mate, uh, you've done your hair. You've got the winter puffy jacket on. There you go, mate. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it, uh, it is absolutely freezing in Sydney tonight. Uh, or today, actually. So, yeah, it's just staying warm, cooped up inside, but ready to go. I'm pumped. Yeah, the people that have hair aren't obviously in puffer jackets. Uh, maybe you're just feeling a little bit better. All right, boys, let's get stuck into it. As I mentioned, uh, 78 days till the NFL is back. Uh, Chad... Are we concerned that the NFL will be delayed a little bit or do you just think it's going to be, it's just too big a machine, they'll just kick it, they'll kick on? Yeah, potentially. I think, you know, I think we've really got to respect what's been happening, obviously, globally. And I think, you know, we've seen it with some sporting organisations across the world getting a little bit of scares, like the AFL um, have had a scare at the moment, um, the tennis, some tennis players overseas in a tournament that came back. So, you know, I'm hearing the NFL's taken, you know, this very seriously as well as the NBA, you know, they're talking about yeah, the Orlando bubble. Um, but I think, you know, they need to be, like I said, treated with respect and make sure they, you know, cross everything off in terms of uh, protecting the player's health. Is it just too much money to be able to not have this competition go ahead, Dickie? Yeah. Oh, I don't think it's going to come down to money. Uh, I think if any of the competitions have got a bit of a war chest, the NFL has got a war chest, but in regards to uh, transport of players, these guys charter flights anyway, uh, which is a little bit different to the Australian sports where you, you, you fly commercially. So there's a, a lot of pieces of the puzzle that are already set in regards to isolation for these guys. They're, they're used to staying in their own hotels and having their own uh, transport. So uh, I don't think it'll come down to money. It, uh, it can't. It, it's going to come down to, to player safety. And look, it's going to be the fans... The, the NFL, I think a lot of sports have been able to get started back with no fans. NFL with no fans is going to be very interesting. 
Copes, we're seeing the NBA is going to go into a bubble at Orlando. Some of the players are electing, you know, whether it be for political or, or health concerns over there, to sit out the rest of the playoffs in the NBA. Are we expecting some of the NFL guys to maybe sit out this year? Yeah, honestly, I think one of the biggest differences in American sport compared to our sports that we know and love, uh, and you guys can all attest to this, largely when it comes to the players making a collective decision, in Australia, there's some rationale, there's some uh, understanding of how everyone's feeling, whether you're a rookie or a senior player on lists. Over there, there are so many egos, there are so many big shows that I find it hard to see if there's something that pops up that there aren't people that go their own way. And when that starts to happen, that's when there's going to be trouble. Because if you've got five players in an O-line on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that all get sat out one week and then Tom Brady's got his second string defensive line, uh, offensive line seen in front of him and he gets pummeled one week, uh, it's not just then about safety of health. It's safety of his own body at that point because you know, everyone in front of him has been ruled out. So you know, they're the other things that I'm, I'm thinking could come into play. Yeah, a lot of things to unfold over there in America. We hope everyone is, is safe and obviously it's going to be the personal decision. I don't think anyone could begrudge anyone for making a personal decision here because, as I mentioned, right. look at some of those players in the NBA that are financially... You know, it's not a it's not a thing at the moment. Over here, it's probably a little bit different, as you said, Copes. But be interesting to wait and see what those guys uh, and whether they do make the opportunity take the opportunity to be able to sit out or whether it happens. Uh, one guy that won't be sitting out is Dak Prescott. He signed a franchise tag worth at least. Now that's the key thing: worth at least thirty one point four million for twenty twenty. If the Cowboys and Prescott agree to a multi year contract, the twenty sixteen fourth round draft pick will most likely make more ter- more in terms of the signing bonus and salary in 2020, depending on the structure of the deal. But for now, Chad Townsend, he'll make at least $31.4 million. Yeah, Overs, looks, unders, yeah. just right. <laughs> look, I think it's probably just right at the moment. I think you know, the Cowboys have no doubt uh, they've hit the jackpot with Dak, as you just said, Sal. Your fourth-round pick who's turned into an absolute gem. Um, the franchise tag at the moment is a short-term solution for what potentially could be a long-term deal. Um, and it remains to be seen, you know, I, from what we've heard in the media, both parties um, have mutual interest in wanting to extend the deal. So, you know, let's let's wait and see what happens. I'm going to jump straight to you, Coach. So $31 million for the quarterback. Mari Cooper's gotten paid. Ezekiel Elliott's gotten paid. Jeez, it's a lot of money tied up if one of those guys gets injured. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And I think in terms of the market, though, it's pretty good value. I mean, Ryan Tannehill... and. Make no mistake, if he signs an extension, it's going to be a lot more expensive than $31.4 million. Ryan Tannehill at 375 uh, Carson Wentz at around about 40 and then you go up to like to Russell Wilson around 50 um, So I think he probably lands 40 plus. When he gets to that point, plus Amari and Zeke, you've got three guys with so much invested, that's when it might get tough. So I think that's probably where they're stuck at the moment, trying to find that happy medium where, yeah, Dak gets paid, but they can also have some wiggle room if one of them does get hurt. Dickie, how long do the Cowboys wait before they try and get this deal done long-term? I mean, the franchise franchise tag has been signed. Is it, you know, what if he starts 0-4? Like, it's, it's a risk from both teams, isn't it? Something we're probably not used to over here. 
No, it's not. And the whole franchise tag and how that all works is something a little bit different. But I, I just think that it show. I'd rather, I'd, if I'd rather be Dak Prescott or the cow, I'd be. I'm happy to be the Cowboys in this situation. I think it shows int- intent from them that, yep, we want you to stay. Uh, but yeah, if things go a little bit south, um, look, Andy Dalton, he's still sitting there, um, and, and you can uh, and wash this deal away. He'll be so, sitting there all year. Don't worry about that. He'll be sitting there all year. But look, I'd if I'd be, I'd happy to be. I'm happy to be the Cowboys at this situation. I think they hold the whip hand. Okay, let's throw this up on our at moving the chains on Twitter. Who won that deal? Would you like to be the Cowboys or would you like to be Dak Prescott and see uh, what the fans out there get? Uh, let's jump into this ESPN. AFC all-decade players. So there's a lot of, uh, I guess, polls and everything bouncing around until sport fully comes back. But, Chad, uh, they've gone out ESPN and they've voted that Von Miller from the Broncos uh, is obviously the Broncos' best player of the last decade, Patrick Mahomes from the Chiefs, Philip Rivers from the Chargers, and strap yourself in. Uh, my man, my guy. drinking uh, for, for the Las Vegas Raiders that Derek Carr has been the best player for the last 10 years. <laughs> My someone's, guy. Someone's been on the... Uh, on My the, guy. Maybe it's legal in Vegas. I don't know. But someone's <laughs> been on the hoochie cooch over there. <laughs> yeah, look, yeah, look, see. Yeah, history. <laughs> I, know, I know Dickie's not going to be happy with this. But, um, you know, I, I, I would agree with all of those except Derek Carr. And I know the Raiders probably haven't had, you know, as much success as Dickie would have liked over the last decade. But to me, and I know he doesn't play there anymore, but I can't go past Khalil Mack and the few seasons he had at the Raiders. Um, he played four snaps. He was Come on, he man. was he was dominant, but he's done more than Derek Carr. Like, what's Derek That's, Carr done? I know that says a lot for, for DC. <laughs> but as you mentioned, Sowie, look, Von Miller, you, he's the cornerstone of that Broncos defense. Patrick Mahomes, we all know what he's done in in his you know, first few seasons um, in the NFL, and Philip Rivers as well, who's probably um, held that Chargers team together over the last decade. Dickie, make your case for Derek Carr, mate. Go. Oh. Well, <laughs> the fact that there's no one else to, to run second apart from Gilliel <laughs> Mack that was there for two years. Michael Crabtree was really good. Amari uh, Cooper was good while he was there. Well, who else was can I go with? Look, in 2016, Derek Carr was in the vicinity of MVP talk. <laughs> Vicinity. Was that, was that on a few Raiders forums? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not even convinced himself. Look at him. <laughs> I'm going to go. I think uh, Peyton Manning should have been the one. Yeah. I go Peyton Manning for the Broncos. Yeah. yeah right. I'm, yeah. I'm going to just quickly throw a cutout pass to someone else and get off. Yeah. No. Well, <laughs> I think happily... I think Peyton Manning. I think Peyton Manning uh, for what he did uh, moving there uh, from the Colts and. And the way that he sort of went through not being able to feel his arm and not being able to feel yeah. it, and to be able to take him to uh, to a Super Bowl championship and the way he played, I think Peyton Manning uh, was the player of the decade at the Broncos. Yeah, I'll take that hand pass. And honestly, I mean, he broke the single season TD passing yep. record um, in 2012 or 2013, I think it was. 2013, um, yeah. Yeah, 2013. And he and Brandon Marshall, I think, changed the landscape on how, you know, quarterback, wide receiver partnerships can work in an offense. Like, what he did for that franchise, I mean, Von Miller is elite. I mean, he's done a lot of things over a long period of time. Um, But to me, the name that sticks out 
is Peyton Manning. And he's just, I guess, still in the, at the forefront of everyone's minds. But he certainly was one name that came to mind when I saw that list. Yeah, it's interesting because Von Miller was the Super Bowl MVP uh, for that team. Mm. And I guess the defense got so much credit. But you think about what Peyton did in his short time there at the Broncos. So much success at the Indianapolis Colts. To be able to go over there and reach two Super Bowls and win one, it's an amazing effort. Um, I actually did a little bit of research on the Raiders. My person that I wanted to go for the all-decade uh, mm. players was Antonio Brown. Um, he's been, <laughs> he's I'd like to know how many sessions he did at Raiders training he's been camp. The biggest and best thing that happened to the Raiders uh, since before 2010. Don't worry about that. Actually, you um, know what? His appearances on Hard Knocks were probably better than any appearances on field for any Raiders. Did you see some of his work? It was outstanding work. <laughs> I, I was just about to hit submit on my new Antonio Brown jersey last year, <laughs> and then. Ba-bow. <laughs> let's uh, let's throw it up at moving the chains. A little bit of fun with it. Uh, who was the Raiders' uh, best player? Is it Derek Carr or Antonio Brown? All decade, all decade players. Uh, one player that played for the Las Vegas now Las Vegas Raiders is Marquette King. And boys, he's made some news uh, recently in Twitter. I don't know if he was taking the piss. I'm pretty sure he was. But Chad, uh, he's come out and said, if I played rugby, I would dominate. That's the tweet. Uh, over to you, Chad. You're still playing. Yeah, look, I think he's taken the piss, to be honest, Sally. I think, um, you know, I, f- I find it funny, though. And I think it's, um, you know, it's, I guess, substandard of, you know, these American athletes who have, you know, that out there personality and they say certain things. It's like me. Can you imagine if I put a tweet out there that said, I would dominate NFL right now? The, probably the comments and things like that I would get online. Um, but in terms of, you know, the actual comment, I know that the All Blacks quote tweeted it and um, retweeted it and it sort of created a bit of a buzz. But um, look, I think Marquette King, he's obviously um, got some skills with his punting, but have we seen him tackle and position play? I think he's taken a piss, to be honest with you. Yeah, he's a punter. Uh, that's right, a punter. So he doesn't tackle, doesn't throw the ball, um, again, doesn't tackle and wears pads. Uh, just <laughs> kick the footy. Just throwing it out there. Hey, uh, I'd play it. Can't be that hard. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, Punters are like wingers. Punters are like wingers, boys. Uh, I'll tell you we what, hang out got, with footballers. You've got a good winger. Don't worry about that. Sianna Katar, my goodness. Um, Dickie, what position would he play? Oh, he'd have to play fullback, surely. Just get it to him and kick it. This isn't the 1980s where they have the kicking jewels. We don't need a kicking <laughs> well, jewel. Well, who says the kicking jewel can't come back? I'm waiting, I'm waiting for our man, Chad, to, to have a crack at a 2042. Yeah, got to. Um, but seriously, let's get serious here, boys. Where, why would someone tweet this out? I mean, Chad, we've spoken because he's bored. Yeah, I know that, but he's not going nowhere. Let's just everyone calm down a little bit, please. Okay, so it's very, very tongue in cheek. If Buddy Franklin said it, all right, that he could dominate another sport, what would everyone over here do? We'd we'd be pasting him. Exactly. But yeah. everyone needs to just calm down. But that's the culture in Australia, Sally. If we exactly. if we say something out of line as an athlete, or if I was to say I'm gonna take such and such's head off this week, or I don't rate their defense or I Yeah, don't you rate said their that offense, before. You told me you were gonna take someone's head if, off. If I, if I say <laughs> that though, like our culture says, Oh, Chad Townsend, you're arrogant or Chad Townsend, you're up yourself, where in America, like they've got this showmanism where they can be out there and copes i know you can probably elaborate on this is it's for the fans and, and their egos they're it's so different over there isn't it yeah well and and they're also not scared of the public opinion they're, they're bigger than 
uh, some minorities having a dig at them. Um, and they're also very used to it. They have a bad game over there. They get 100,000 people telling them they have a bad game. Over here, you probably get a couple of hundred, but it's, it's certainly not uh, in the same spectrum. The thing that I love is things like Andrew Bogut during the MB, uh, NBL season, speaking his mind. And a perfect example was after the Gold Coast Suns just thrashed the Crows on the weekend. Uh, I don't know whether you guys saw it, but Hugh Greenwood, who got delisted by the Crows, uh, got on the front foot after the game. And uh, he and Mark Rusciuto had a nice little back and forth um, you know, about stuff that maybe normally is you know, behind closed doors and you don't see spoken about a lot. And a lot of people chimed into the chat on Twitter. But I tell you what, we need more of it. We need more of that honesty. And it was back and forth banter, which you yeah. would have in person. And, and I'm all for it. Yeah, I, I agree with that side of it because, Chad, we've spoken many times about the Australian landscape and how you know, people over here are looking at any opportunity to be able to try and take down an athlete, you know, oh, you wouldn't last this long on the tools and all that kind of shit. The problem I have with this tweet is he's talking about another sport that he doesn't know anything about. Now, if I was to say, you know, I, would don't, I could play in the NBL, you know, there'd be a lot of people saying, well, you wouldn't fit the singlet. But the other people would be saying, <laughs> um, you know, it's another sport. That's where I think the lines get a little bit blurred here, Chad. This is a guy coming over the other side of the world. Yes, we understand it's a, it's a big, you know, big market and they don't care and all that kind of stuff. But when you're talking about your own sport, that's different to talking about someone else's sport that's worked just as hard over here. Yeah, exactly. And when you, when you actually read into the comment, like, I would dominate rugby. And he'd never played rugby before. He's probably never even touched a rugby, ball, rugby or rugby league ball. Um, and, you know, to say that comment, I just, yeah, I, you know, he's taking the piss. There's, there's... If, if anyone thinks he is not taking the piss, <laughs> you are a moron. He is absolutely <laughs> taking the piss. And why are we carrying on about it? I don't I, understand. I it's about funny. How many t- it how is many t- funny. It is absolutely funny. I looked at it and I giggled. And then I swiped <laughs> to the next one. And then everyone's <laughs> carrying on. No, I'll tell you what I want to know. I want to know, firstly, who's sitting in his house or his crib with... The, <laughs> he's probably what? watching it. It was no, probably... No, the team, listen, I want to know who is sitting in the house and I want to know what game he was watching to think where he goes... Gold Coast Titans, probably. <laughs> and he's probably right. He probably could get out. a game. Uh, yeah, I think he was talking <laughs> about... He wouldn't have been, actually. He would have seen Chad's speed <laughs> if he was watching Sunday night. Anyway, Market, uh, if you're ever out here, mate, we'd love to have you on the Moving the Chains podcast. Exactly. and also Get him on. Get him on. I'll, okay, I'll try my hardest. We're, we're sort of a half rugby, half <laughs> cricket, half AFL. So we can do all that. Uh, <laughs> let's, keep it, let's keep it moving here, boys. It's time to find some odds here, some juicy odds. Who will be the defensive player of the year? Thanks to topsport.com.au. Uh, you've done some research, Chad. I know Aaron Donald is the favourite at $8, but... Uh, can we get a little bit of value here? Because Tristan uh, and the boys at topsport.com.au, they will bump up uh, our picks this week for all the moving the chains listeners. So, Chad, where do you want to go for defensive MVP? Yeah, look, I'm going to have to, obviously, as you mentioned, the, the clear one is obviously Aaron Donald, but I'm going to have to go for Copes's man, uh, Joey Bozer. I just think that uh, that 49ers defense is was elite all season. And, you know, he's been the cornerstone. He's come in as a rookie, um, absolutely dominated. Um, he's going to be better for his run, uh, more mature as a player, um, has played against you know, teams at least once now. And I just think he's due for a big year. What about you, Dickie? 
I'm going to go with my ex-man, Khalil Mack. (laughs) (laughs) I was really impressed with what I saw with him at the Raiders. So, um, for the, that fleeting period, but look, I think he's going to be doing a lot of defending. If, uh, if our man Mitch is in charge of the Bears, he's going to be doing a shitload of defending in the first bit of this season. So um, I think he's going to have to uh, do a lot of work. Um, he's, a, in all honesty and seriousness, he's uh, he's up there with Aaron Donald as one of the great defensive players. And oh, look, I think coming uh, coming of age, he'll will uh, he'll give this uh, a bit of a shake. So Khalil Mack is my man. Just a quick question, Dicky. Raiders, obviously, did they win, end up winning that trade like with getting rid of Khalil Mack? But it's a huge contract. Yep. You're a Raiders fan. You look back, do you feel like you got the other, the best end of that? This draft will tell. These, these, these are the group of draft picks that, that they got in, in, in that trade. So I, I think the, uh, the last year's picks and this year's picks will tell. And with, with rugs, I think yes. Yeah, talking of rugs, uh, Copes, who do you want to go, mate? Uh, well, Nick Bosa would be my obvious choice. I'm, I'm a little biased there with the 49ers. I think he's uh, on his way to being a Hall of Famer. Uh, and that's a big call, but uh, I love what he's done. But the other guys that come to mind, I'll go the Watt brothers. Uh, yeah. I think JJ is an obvious choice. If It's just about whether he plays 16 games. If he does, he's in that group that'll be a shoe-in for it. And his brother, TJ, um, did amazing things with Pittsburgh last year. So, yeah, they're two guys to watch out for. Yeah, I'm just having a look down the odds here. Of course, uh, Aaron Donald will be $8. Uh, Khalil Mack, $9.75. Joey Bosa at $12. I'm just trying to find where the Watt brothers are. This could be a huge one from you, Copes. A bit like your MVP. This might be right your own ticket. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's not up there. No, it's, uh, it must be on the next page. But anyway, hey... Um, one, one name that I sort of scrolled through here, boys, is Calais Campbell Copes. $51. Is that a... I mean, is his best days past him? He's still a good defender, right? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I mean, that was one of the steals of the off-season, in my opinion. And, I mean, the Ravens are unbelievable already. Um, but to add a guy of his calibre is, yeah, next level. So, yeah, he's absolutely worth a look. The only thing that I would maybe say is that he could get a little lost in their scheme. Uh, compared to the dominance that he had when he played at the Jags. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, well, Chad, another one for you. Miles Garrett, uh, if he doesn't hit anyone over the head, 20, <laughs> $26. A team that's, got, again, got a lot of hype after last year and maybe they need a year to settle into their patterns. But if he's back on the field, he's a good bloody player. We've lost you, Chad. Sorry, boys. Sorry, boys. Chuck yourself on mute. Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett. Garrett. Look, uh, an absolute beast. He's due for a new contract as well. If he's not hitting anyone over the head with their helmet, he's he's going after quarterbacks. I think the thing with Miles is that he needs to play all season, and the Browns need to have a good year. You know, my Browns, we haven't had a good season for a long time, and consistency across both sides of the ball is what's going to be key to having Miles Garrett. You know, be up there with a chance. Yeah, we'll get those odds up. I can't see the Watt brothers. They must have, must be on another page there, Copes. But I'll tell you what, there's, if you talk about New England Patriots this year, boys, and you guys, these are the experts. I'm just, I just drive the car. But Stefan Gilmore yeah. is probably one of the best corners in the game. You talk about no Tom Brady this year. The defense was elite, probably the, the best in the competition last year. $16 to me. That seems like, you know, I know maybe people throw away from him this year. But, you know, if he shuts down one side, he's doing his job right. 
Yeah, I'll jump in and say, yeah, good call. The only thing that I would watch out for is that uh, teams may now be able to manipulate the pats compared to in the past having to play from behind and throw the ball, Um, whereas the pats could play from in front, run with their defense as their strongest asset, uh, and then run the ball or dink and dunk passes with Brady. So I would say that they're going to have to throw the ball a lot more um, and then teams may well be in front of them uh, and run the ball a lot more. That's just the way I take on it. Yeah, you can get all those odds, topsport.com.au, in the Defensive Player of the Year uh, column there, all the NFL futures of 2020, 2021. Uh, now it's time for the Twitter questions, boys. A little bit quiet this week. I think everyone's uh, starting to get excited that it's all coming back. We're just working out. Of course, one of our best followers, Hound55, uh, building a team from scratch. I'll go to you first, Chad. Building a team from scratch. What order do you take these safeties and why? Derwin James, Earl Thomas, Jamal Adams, Megan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, look, all great players, I think. Uh, for me, I went with um, I went with youth and hunger. And my favourite player on that list is Jamal Adams. Um, I think, you know, at the moment he's talking about, you know, he wants out of the Jets and lists, there's a number of teams there he's listed which he'd like to go to for a trade. Um, you know, I know the, there's, the Cowboys have been linked uh, to Jamal Adams, but I just love the way he plays. I love, he plays with a chip on his shoulder. He's very, very aggressive, very confident in what he does. Um, but then I went Mika Fitz, Fitzpatrick, Derwin James, and L. Thomas. I left L. Thomas uh, last just because um, I think you know, he's a little bit older. He still plays at a high level, but um, yeah, it, w- it was very hard because you know, four quality players. Just a quick question. When we do these ones and you say, you know, often the one in Australia is, would you get Cameron Smith for a year to start a franchise? Earl Thomas, fantastic player, Super Bowl winner. You know, there's, there's certainly value there for those older guys, but you've gone youth. Is there, is there a value for the older guy to maybe be up a little bit higher in that list if you're starting a team? Yeah, look, I think so. But I think you got if you're starting out, you need to build for the future. You can't just, I guess, plan for one year. I think you need to plan for more than one year. Like, um, you know, I think the franchise is, is bigger than one year. The bigger plan is for long-term success. And I think with the younger guy, um, you know, you get that. What about you, Dickie? Derwin James, Earl Thomas, Jamal Adams, Mika Fitzpatrick. Um, I'm probably the same. If I'm starting a franchise, I'm not starting with defense anyway. But um... okay, we'll try, try and alienate our, our 15 followers. Um, <laughs> That's just me. Then uh, over, over to you, coach. Uh, yeah. No, Nick, Dickie, well, who you got, mate? I'm going. Uh, same as Chad. I look. I like Jamal Adams. I I think um, along the lines and and sort of that Seattle Seahawks team. And I'm not talking about taking the piss out of defense. Like a really good defense has got that real tough edge and attitude. The way that that. Legion of Boom played with, and he reminds me a lot of Richard Sherman with his attitude. And 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 sometimes it's the offensive side of the ball they've got that attitude because they're the game winners. And I think he sees himself as a game winner on the defensive side of the footy. So uh, I'll go with Jamal Adams. And your Earl Thomas comment is: look, if you can have two of them, it'd be Jamal. And then you'd bring in, and if you could get, if you like I said, if you gave me two, Earl Thomas would be that one, you know, to then guide him around and. And, and, and teach him how to play. So that's my take on it. Copes? Uh, I'll just respond to your comment about that one year thing. I would say that's legitimate if there's a huge difference in talent, uh, you know, in that one year, which in this case, I don't think there is. Uh, the youth also presents, in my opinion, bigger upside 
Um, so I was looking at two of these guys. Minka Fitzpatrick was unbelievable when he joined the Steelers last year. Um, but for me, it was a choice between Derwin James uh, and Jamal Adams, who's easily the best blitzing safety, creates big plays. But I'm going Derwin James. In my opinion, the best do-it-all safety in the game, along with Harrison Smith, who's not on this list. But uh, Derwin James, for me, youth, upside. He's a guy who can take you from being a middle-of-the-pack team to being a Super Bowl winner by himself. Uh, I'm going to go Jamal Adams here because uh, $34 Defensive Player of the Year, I think he's going to end up on a really good team. And I agree with you, Chad. I think youth is the way to go. I think it'd be hard to bring in an older guy for one year if he wasn't going to stick around and help develop those guys. But over there, it's a different... They talk about the locker room and the experience. You look at Vince Carter and what he's been able to do and hang around and people just want him there to be able to... They don't care about the roster spot. They want the experience within the dressing room. So, um, you know, everyone's made valid points there. But, uh, yeah, it looks like Jamal Adams, wherever he lands, uh, will be the number one choice of all the Moving the Chains cast. Uh, I've got a question for fantasy time now with you, Copes, because I'm taking all these notes down. My book is getting full. We are speaking on defense. For a beginner, what rounds should I try and snavel a defense if it is so elite like the New England Patriots were last year? Because they're averaging 15, 16, 20 points a game uh, for, for your fantasy lineup. How important is it a defense and how do you operate around that? Uh, one thing that I will say is that it's very rare that the defense from the prior year that was elite is still elite the next year. So I see it every year where people will jump in the eighth and ninth round and make sure they get, you know, three or four years ago it was the Jags, then it was the the Denver Broncos. Yeah, the Broncos. And then, you know, Seattle all the way through that. Um, But to me, the Pats last year were so far in advance of everyone else on the back of their entire team and being structured the way they were. I'd be worried jumping any earlier than the 13th round on the best defense out of a 15 round draft. I don't care who it is. Uh, It's just so easy to plug and play a good matchup. Um, And particularly in in this type of season where you're going to have rookies who don't know the playbook, uh, quarterbacks, like young guys that have only played either one season or, you know, rookie starters this year, Joe Burrow is going to start game one. Like match the defense up on a rookie quarterback who's had a virtual off season. Like that's, to me, uh, what I would be targeting. The one team that I think jumps out heads and shoulders above the pack for me is the Chicago Bears. They're going back to being elite this year, in my opinion. So try and get them in the 14th or the 15th round. Chad? Yeah, look, I have to agree with um, Copes, to be honest. I think, um, you know, I've personally fallen into the trap of that over the previous years. You know, you see what type of defense has, I guess, killed it the year before in fantasy and um, you know, the boys are talking about how the Patriots were last year. And, you know, you think, oh, geez, they must be like that again. But obviously, there's so much change that's, that's happened. Um, and I think Copes's point around the virtual offseason and the rookie quarterbacks, you know, chucking Tua Tagovailoa in there as well. Um, there's some rookie quarterbacks who have had different offseasons. And I just think, you know, there's, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a um, difficult one. Dickie, you won't be taking the Raiders? Yeah, I had. Oh, hey, hey, I'd be sleeping on this Raiders defense this year. Jonathan Abram coming back from a, a shoulder injury. Don't be sleeping on the Raiders defense, but I'm the same. I like to stream the defense each week. Look at the right matchup. Look at the right quarterback. 
there's generally enough out there um, in, in your league uh, to be able to uh, work through there and, and pick one each week. So unless you, um, you know, get lucky and, and you get the pats from last year, then you stick with them all year. Other than that, if you find a good defense, stick with them. Uh, and, and sometimes you have to wear copes probably that one week that just, oh, well, we got, yeah. they got us this week and, and, um, and stick with that defense. If you find one that's going to be, um, be good week in, week out. But look, oh, yeah, I like to, to stream them each week. Can I just finish on um, just one thing that came to mind then is if you draft one early, you tend to be really attached to them. Uh, and you you hold value in the oh shit I paid a ninth round draft pick I've got to give them four or five weeks where you know you're giving your opposition the best opportunity if they're not a good defense and you see that in week one you need to be able to cut bait and move on uh, so no matter where you take them make sure you don't have an attachment uh, if you take the pats and they get run over forty six ten in the first game cut bait uh, don't hold on to a defense that isn't playing well. Yeah, well, I actually had a little win in Supercoach this week. Uh, thanks, Chad Townsend, because I put Siona Katoa 20 minutes before uh, the Raiders kicked it off. I subbed out Croker and put in Katoa. So I cut bait, as uh, the master, <laughs> Trent Copeland, says with his fantasy tips. That's it, boys. Moving the chains. We'll be back next week. Thanks to our friends at topsport.com.au. Look after yourselves. We'll see you next week.